Folks, the Black Dog Salvage podcast is brought to you by Mountain Khakis. Nice. You know, we, we've worn a lot of them out in the field, but out for fun. Do you, do you wear more than one? Absolutely. Oh, that's right. They have Absolutely. shirts and socks. As a matter and... of fact, listen to this zipper. Oh, my that's God. That's my oh. Mountain Khaki jacket. That's a smooth zipper. Did, did yes. you hear that? And this shirt? Yeah. Mountain it's Khakis. It. And my corduroy pants with a little stretch in them. I'll get out. Yes, sir. No, Mountain khakis. Robert. <laughs> and that's all an accident. That's just how I dress this morning. People yeah. can dress just like you. Get in their own mountain khakis. I think they should start their own line under they you, could. Robert. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd pick better colors that go together. But yeah, they can, but, they know, can dress I got just a, like I got you. a lot of warm things on today, but my favorite mountain khaki stuff. My shorts. You do look good in those shorts. And some of those hard fishing look, shirts. It's hard to look good in shorts, too. Put, put me out on a boat in mountain khaki. I'm a happy man. Right, there mm. it is. Mountain khakis is the way to go. Okay, ready? Break a leg. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Whiteside. I'm Robert Culp. And I'm Tay Whiteside. And welcome back to the Black Dog Salvage Podcast. You guys know what it is. It's the podcast where every week we talk to the most interesting people we can find from salvage extraordinaires, makers, and creators of the world. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking to Mark Bowe. Yeah. Who? Craftsman, businessman, historian, and host of DIY Network's Barnwood Builders. And also just an all-around renaissance man. Ooh. Then Mark's going to give us his DIY top tip of the day. Then finally, we're going to give you some behind the scenes from one episode of our show, Salvage Dog. Today, we're talking about the Drake's Branch episode, episode 911 on DIY Network. Otherwise known as Mudfest. Yeah, Mudfest. Yeah. <laughs> so just after the break, Mark Boat. Yeah, I felt a little clumsy, I'll be honest, coming into this cold. I felt great. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark, your piece was awesome. I felt like I nailed my piece. I got to tell you, if this is what yeah. you're going to bring today, is, we're I'm good. good. I, I'm good. I, didn't, I, I was just letting you guys do your thing. And we don't even know what that is. No, we don't have a thing yet. <laughs> you know, when we have needs for trucks. Needs. Needs. Everyone's got needs. needs. We yeah. only go Chevy. That's right. You know, because those guys built. Amazing truck, and the last one we got was called the High Country. Mm. Fine Corinthian air conditioned seats, man. I'm telling you what, man, this is a this is high cotton. For, that's a it's a rags to riches story though, because your first truck work truck was also a Chevy, it wasn't was it? The, it was the white one. It was when you were born. We I bought that thing down in Savannah, yeah, and it had a fish on it, a fish on the side. Wow, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It was from here. There was a guy that a guy that uh, was guiding on Smith Mountain Lake. And we bought that thing, <laughs> drove it to Savannah, moved back up here, and then I met Robert pretty yeah. much right away. That's a '91 Chevy pickup. Yeah, Tommy had a drive. It was in white, that truck. and you had a plywood back bottom in the bed for some reason, didn't you? Yeah, some, I did. For some Who reason, knows, yeah. That's when, that I, when I met Mike. Standard. He drove up, and there was that Chevy, and there was Molly, Molly yeah. the dog. You know, Molly I would, the black dog. I would always buy trucks or vehicles that I could sleep in. That's kind of my nomad, you know, eight foot bed. vagrant. It's an eight foot bed. Yeah. yeah. It's very important. You know, yeah. you know, you got to have a place to sleep and sometimes your car is just it. You know, it's handsome. Chevy's we, been with us a while. Absolutely. Uh, we certainly built Black Dog Salvage starting with that 91 truck. Yeah. There's a lot of stories about those Chevys and I know Tay's <laughs> got one and I got a couple. Chevy. Black Dog. What a pair. Hey everybody, it's Mike Whiteside. And I'm Robert Cole. And I'm Tay Whiteside. And welcome back to the Black Dog Salvage Podcast. Guys, we're back. It's, of course, the podcast where we talk to the most interesting people we can find from the salvage maker and creator communities. Yeah, well, speaking of interesting people, today we've got Mark Bowe. And if you didn't know who Mark Bowe was, get ready. 
He's a craftsman, a businessman, a historian, and the host of DIY Network's Barnwood Builders and an all-around renaissance man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark's also going to help us with that uh, DIY top tip. I'm sure he's got several of them for us. Mark? Thirsty? No, I'm on pills. Hey, break them out, baby. <laughs> Don't bogart those pills, my friend. Because today we are talking to none other than Mark Bow. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I've been over here a couple of times, but I didn't realize that it was, had gone podcasty. Oh, yeah. That's about where we're headed. It's, uh, we, it's, a it's, thing. it's the logical next step for C-grade television celebrities <laughs> like us. Yeah. C-grade. Yeah. I would love, yeah. That's why we That's why we bring in the A-team, like right. Mark Bow here. Oh, yeah. So right. that we can lend with a B, maybe, yeah. at the end of the, well, end of the course. You know what? I heard the description that you gave me, and, and I appreciate the intro, because it I want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when, when you're on the way down and you're watching yeah. somebody pass you on the way up, you know, you're pretty impressed. Yeah. We're, well, we're I'm glad impressed. I could help you little folks out. <laughs> it feels great. You know, we've known you a long time, Mark. I'm trying to figure out when we last, when we first met, I think it, we saw a cabin on the side of the highway, you know, I-64 and went down to figure out who, who it was. And it was you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is uh, our relationship actually predates television. So, you know, we've known of each other for quite a while and, I really? do remember you guys stopping by oh, and taking yeah. a look at that cabin. And, you know, that's that's the nature of what we do. Take down old log houses and old timber frames and restore them and make them better. Yeah, it's a real, real job, right? It's I mean, actually you're in a real job. Yeah, that, yes. that's what's kind of cool about the show is it, it actually follows us around doing our real work. And you've been doing this since 1995? I've been doing it since uh, 1996. It was, uh, it was a way out of the coal mine. <laughs> well, yeah, for, for those that may have somehow never seen the show, we're talking, of course, of the show Barnwood Builders and your company, Barnwood Living. Yeah. I mean, we can address that, but I think yeah. I, I think everybody's heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, well, at least Mark, Johnny Jet. They've all heard right. of Johnny yeah. Jet because let's just get that out right now. Johnny Jet is the star of our TV well, show. Well, you can yeah. hear him from a long <laughs> way away, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's uh, yeah. back 2000, you think 2005, Mike, when we made that stop? I think that's a. That's a good, probably a pretty good estimate. Yeah, we were still, we just got in here and we were out doing a scout like we normally do. And uh, that was a good old days when we get to ride around. We were trying to look for jobs to salvage as opposed to uh, getting swamped by thousands and thousands of salvage jobs and just trying to wean through them. You have that experience? Uh, I have the exact same experience. I mean, it used to be that I would have to drive every back road in West Virginia and Kentucky just to try to find somebody that would sell me their barn. And, (laughs) And now just we're inundated with leads. And now I've become, you know, the person that's like, ah, it's not quite good enough. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, an elitist and a barn yeah, elitist. I've become a barn snob. Yeah. Man, that's oh, a good way, right. Robert. And you know, the thing is, is that, that I want to save them all, but there's literally only six of us. So it's not like that, you know, we show up and we start, you know, like TV or start work and then leave and, and the other crew comes in at night and finishes it. It's uh, us. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, that's the same thing about uh, the salvage dogs that we did. You know, we did the work. We didn't have the, the trailer and the craft food and, you know, all the stuff. Yeah, that, it was uh, just work. It was, it was just, a lot there was of work. Good, good food sometimes. I'll you give them credit. You guys got craft but. food? <laughs> you guys got fed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we did have a, a Lunchbox with chocolate in it. It that was called. Us it, around. it was, was called Pandora's, Pandora's box. You never know what you're yeah. gonna get. We got candy. Yeah. We got candy. Robert needed candy. Come two yeah. thirty p.m. Robert needed some candy. Yeah. Oh, you sure. need to pick me up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. miss at three thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, the mother yeah. had it three. Right. It's the right. first and Nothing. second dose. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all hit that. You know, right at the at the height of the day when it's like one o'clock and you you know you've you've already eaten a big dinner. Which brings me to a question. Uh, you know, you might excuse me because I do have a little touch of ADD, so I I need to be clear on this question. Do you all take 
dinner break or lunch break? Lunch break. Lunch. Lunch break. Yeah. Lunch. And then we, we're hopefully done before dinner. Are, Dinner's waiting on us to if finish. If you're calling the job. lunch yeah. dinner, then you're, you know, you're probably from farther north than I am. Well, That's you, what you, I, think <laughs> I think. I mean, so we, we take a dinner break and, mm-hmm. and, you know, coal miners carry a dinner bucket and supper's at like 530. Mm-hmm. Well, let's so face it. Supper, West Virginia is. A northern state. There's a lot of reasons we separated. You quit. This is another. You quit on us. <laughs> you know, Robert Stills not over. Yeah, it. Not yeah, over. And I tell you what, I mean, it's the difference between supper and dinner and lunch. Can yeah. we agree on breakfast? Yes, Absolutely. yes. <laughs> it's it's all okay. My father, that was it was dinner. He's it from really? Pennsylvania, but oh, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. my mother ran the house, so it's lunch. But well, we still have sweet tea. And now, how sweet is it? Is it McDonald's it, sweet? Is it sweet. Grandma's it's sweet? A lot. I mean, it's yeah. pounds yeah. of sugar it's in there. Pounds <laughs> of sugar. It's it's as uh, it's as sweet as any southern sweet tea. Yeah, right. And it's sweet tea. <laughs> sweet tea. It's oh, sweet tea. Honey, you want some sweet? Call this, ice cold sweet that, tea. that accent is why he is on the thirteenth or twelfth season. <laughs> well, just say silky and smooth. Yes, I mean, oh, they love it. Smooth. They love I, it. I wouldn't mind having Tay's voice. I think I could have done more. With my career, if I would have had Tay's voice. Well, trust me, it's underutilized. Absolutely. On, on yes. <laughs> it's underutilized and overmodulated. Oh, That's heavily right. modulated. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to touch on something interesting because obviously, well, you said how many seasons of Barnwood Builders are you? Have you done? We to have this point? completed uh, twelve seasons, which is interesting. There's a lot of commonalities here because Salvage Dogs did eleven seasons by the time it was over, and we also had a crew of six, and there was no backup crew that came in after us. Our shows have so much in common, you know, with the crew yeah. and the backbreaking yeah, work. Beyond the size of the audience. <laughs> yes. yes exactly. Well, because right. his is. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got Johnny Jeff. Yeah. Well, we don't have the, so you have effectively seven or eight people on your team. <laughs> now, I've, always, uh, I've always thought that Johnny Jet and Ted Ayers were, uh, you know, common, the same thing. Cut person. from the same yeah, cloth. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. Ted had the hair. Johnny has a hat. Yeah. Johnny has a hat, but a, but a, but a really cool ponytail. Yeah. And yeah. the mustache is legendary. But you know what? It, it is really amazing how, how you guys and us were sort of thought of in people that have stopped by here. And we hear a lot of folks that you were their favorite show and we're their favorite show. And, and how does that work? They can't have two favorites. They're lying to They're lying to somebody. They're lying to somebody. I just figured out the problem. I've been lied to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in television. So. <laughs> but the, the you should be used to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the commonality, right. though, is that it's a wholesome show that the whole family can watch. And that, and that seems to be a message that resonates over and over with a lot of people that we talk to. Yeah. Well, there's no question we have a big commonality and demographic. Yeah. I've been real fortunate to have, you know, like you guys, we have long-term folks that have worked there. Two of them have been with me since 1998. So yeah, started in 96 and then hired Johnny and Sherman, 98. And then the others have been 10 years, five years. You know, I remember when you started this, your, your first, ep- first season, you, you just completed it. And I came up to see you up there in uh, White Sulphur and the Lewisburg and, and your sign, you were an insurance, you had an insurance agency, right? I had an insurance agency. So there was this little <laughs> thing that happened in 2008. I don't know if many people noticed it, but there was a little slight blip in the housing market. Sure. You know, just a, just a, just uh, affected <laughs> construction related <laughs> stuff. It sounds just like a little that. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. It got a little inconvenient <laughs> yeah, for a few right. folks. <laughs> right. So, so basically what happened is I, I start thinking I've got to get out of the construction industry. I couldn't sell any of my equipment. Uh, the housing market was what it was. And, and then even though the housing market started to improve, there was a lot of inventory that needed to be washed hanging. through. Yeah. yeah. You've got to wash through that inventory before you, you just put yeah. words in my mouth. You I said did. wash through. And I feel like I'm smarter when I'm talking. 
<laughs> I honestly feel oh, like I'm, I'm sorry. That's enough. No, that's enough. Suck like up. No, I really feel like like he's got an intellectual it's, prowess about him. It's like, this. It's this right here. It's, 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 it's Miller. Well, we call it you know on the on the site because of his background in building construction. We, when we would come into a structure and we didn't know what something was called. Instead of Googling it, we would Rugle it. Yeah. We would ask Robert. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, his, it's semi-dependable. And it's he semi-dependable. would root through his yeah. collection yeah. Yeah. and yeah. give yeah. us something. He would dare you to fight over yeah. it. You know, or, <laughs> oh, you know. Right. Yeah. oh, well, that's a are lost you, well, you call you know me I, I can say this, man. Uh, I was watching your show one time, and you were taking down a windmill. And you oh. broke out the word <laughs> yeah. fulcrum point. And I have used fulcrum point. A thousand times since then, and hasn't made it on TV. I can't deliver it <laughs> yeah. like you can. It's, it's a, you know, yeah, I mean? well, it's a Southwest Virginia, Pennsylvania accent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I think it's it just is. got to do with he the cranial spent. capacity. Yeah, boy, they're smart. Yeah. Well, it also depends on where you're using fulcrum point. That's exactly yeah. right. shoehorning it in the wrong spot. Yeah. And in fact, that fulcrum point was in the completely wrong place. If you yeah. remember how that uh, played I, itself I, out, that was I do. And then yeah. there was a ladder for bracing and yeah. something else. I will yeah. tell you that I had some questions about the way that was drawn up. The whole point, though, you didn't you didn't say anything, and it made good TV. Sure okay? did. It, it does. You know, yeah. Anybody can rent a crane and take it down the, the easy way. Right. But yeah. we wanted to kind of channel our inner Egyptian. Yeah. Just, well, just know, for a point, was that this is talking about one of the episodes of Salvage Dogs where we uh, were called in to remove a 50-foot windmill from an old farm. It almost came down perfect. It was it, five. It, really it was five foot from Perfection. completion. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I remember. I, I remember watching and thinking, "Oh, that fulcrum point's not going to hold." And then I go in to take a shower, and I'm looking for a fulcrum point somewhere that I can just talk about. It. You know, what I mean? everywhere. So then, everywhere. every episode afterwards, I tried to say fulcrum, fulcrum point. point. Here's what you need to do: is fulcrum point's about this point on the pry bar, and what you need is leverage. Yeah, yeah. perfect. So, so anyway, Matt, thanks for making me smart. I think. I think I'm glad you've uh, made that point because it's it, it needs to be made more often yeah what yeah, that absolutely. you're smarter yeah absolutely yeah great yeah this what, thank you mark by the way well speaking of fulcrum <laughs> and pivoting we're gonna pivot real quick to a break and when we come back more with mark you know milwaukee tool has been a part of my life for quite a while mm. i love the color red yeah easy to see uh, I think they coined the term sawzall. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, which is your favorite that word? That is my favorite tool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I always say go sawzall early. Uh-huh. You know, because you but know, more specifically, you can never go back and and get that time back. Mm-hmm. And having the right tool, like a sawzall with a fully charged battery, mm, M18, I can, I can mm. lay waste to some stuff with that. I've friend. seen it. Yeah. Can, can confirm. Yeah. Just, I'm like the Tasmanian devil. Just cut me loose. I almost wish their Sawzall wasn't as good. Yeah. Well, we've had some that weren't, and they were dangerous. I remember one throwing a blade at Robert through a floor one time. <laughs> that was not a Milwaukee tool. No, <laughs> no, that was no. not a Milwaukee tool. It didn't help that Robert was talking trash to that particular tool, and it <laughs> fought back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Milwaukee tools, the best of the bunch. Get you some. Mm. Okay, checking my mic right now. There it is. is. Man, he's Man, I got to get right over top of this thing. Yeah. Don't say that thing, baby. Let me get on. Don't say, don't say, don't say. That's that, that's that Miller Lite he's drinking. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Black Dog Salvage podcast. We're here with Mark Bowe. It's the guy. That's funny. He calls me the guy because when I was in insurance, that's what my sign said. I, I, you know, when I was branding myself, I wanted to be the guy for insurance. Like two guys in a truck. That, that's exactly right. You know, it was all about branding. There was another lady in the office and she was the girl. 
And uh, that's how we market ourselves. Yeah, and the sign said, the guy. The sign said, the guy. And so even though I'm no longer in that business, Mike still finds it funny to call me the guy. <laughs> it's because my memory sucks. <laughs> he locked onto that one memory. And that's all yeah, that. yeah. yeah, I'm the guy. So, well, that's yeah. what they say. You're you're him. You're that you're, guy. You're that guy. Well, they say it right. now because everybody knows you from well, Barnwood Builders. Everybody knows you. I mean, I, I'd like to be the guy, not that guy. Mm, I feel that's like that's a very clear distinction. There right? is a clear yeah. distinction. That guy means trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the guy means like you want to listen to him. I, I kind of feel like that guy sometimes. Well, speaking of insurance and, and obviously passion, <laughs> I'd, love yeah. to, I'd love to bring it around and talk about, you know, your background and your passion and what led you into the business you're still in and which ultimately made it onto Barnwood Builders. And then yeah. Dad, Robert, maybe you could connect and draw some lines in between that and, and Black Dog. Well, one, one of the questions I've always had, and it's something that's a part of the, I call it horse trading component to our business. You know, early on, you said you used to go through West Virginia and, and Tennessee and Kentucky looking for cabins. And then you had to talk to people and you had to negotiate, you know, and I always wondered, you know, because we did some early salvage jobs that Robert and I call it, we had to go home and take a shower and put on our tuxedo. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Got to feel better about you yourself feel after bad. some of those. There's yeah. some, some low self-esteem moments <laughs> at that point. But, you know, the passion for negotiating, you know, to make it a fair deal for people is always the, the, the sweet spot, so to speak. Yeah, I think everybody, you know, we want to buy low and sell high. Yeah, you buy, you buy on the purchase. Yeah, so, our, so we, we buy rock. And we sell hand-cut stone. There you go. So so if I'm buying from somebody, I want to know if they want to sell that rock. And then if a client comes, I want to showcase this fine piece of hand-cut stone. But there is the balance there because when you go to offer, you know, the seller money, you have to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And and I don't always feel comfortable in giving a price on somebody else's heirloom. And and that's the part of the business that that I really feel a little bit uncomfortable with. But I think that we've managed to do a good job because we got referrals, you know, way before the TV show. And, and even now people will call in and not know that we have a TV show. So we've done a good job and, and it travels from ridge to ridge to ridge. And so if you go in and you offer somebody a fair price and you speak from your heart, then you're going to either get the product and it'll work with your business or you have to walk away from it. I mean, it's a it's a karma thing. You know, when you're, when you're dealing with folks, cause it's, it's sentimental, you know, you can't, I always say, I can't put a price on sentimentality because, you know, that's a, that's an heirloom, like you said. So at the end of the negotiation and you hand them some money or whatever the deal is, everybody's smiling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we learned that the hard way because, you know, there were a lot of times when I started, I didn't have any money and we would reach a price and I would have to come back and write a check. Personally. Personally. Of course. And. By the time I got back, they've already passed the word around that they're going to sell this and somebody's offered, you know, $100 more or something. And so I learned that you either have the money to buy it or you don't. Yeah, don't talk about it. Yeah, you got to yeah. close the deal for sure. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, we go to these places and, and now that, you know, your show's been on TV and our show's been on TV and there's a lot of other people out there that are on Pawn Stars or whatever, they feel like the product might be worth more than it actually is. But what is behind the scenes is an entire business model that has to support the purchase. You're talking Robert's language. I mean, the work people miss is the absolute sheer, huge, monster amount of work 
that it takes to take one of these things apart so they can be used again. And it's all got to be fueled by passion, right? Like, why are you, you could have stayed in insurance. So like what? <laughs> oh man, he does a good job of circling back around to the topics. Right. Well, <laughs> it's in big yellow letters here. Yeah. My, so yeah. My episode okay. script. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it does have to do with passion. So, you know, in order to do what we do, you have to love history. You have to love hard work. And you have to be willing to make some sacrifices and, and that is, and can be your body. You know, it, it can be, um, time away from home when you're traveling to build something or take something down. And the, the fruits of all that labor is that we are constantly team building. Our every project we have is a team building exercise, which is why we all, you know, get along so well. Your team, which I mean, the chemistry of, of you guys comes across on the screen. Yeah. As loud as, as it can be. You guys are, it's cutting up and. Just like kind of our crew was yeah. all the time, you know, just cracking because jo- the humor makes, I think, the hard work go by a little faster. Mark no, you, has ADD, Bob. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's all I can do to not talk about <laughs> pigeons right now. <laughs> Did you know that pigeons have one hole? Pigeons have one hole. Everything comes out of it. One hole. Yeah. The, that better not be your DIY <laughs> tip of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I hope it is. Well, yeah. well, where we were was talking about the fact that humor can get you through hard work. That's true. And it's all I got is humor. I lo- you lost me at hard work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. What, what made you, Mark, uh, start? Uh, oh, wow. It's just, that was a burn. It hurt. It yeah, hurt. I was trying to stay well, on Well, I wondered if he was going to get, yeah. you, you know, I mean. I I thought, I, hey, I tossed it out there and he knocked it out. Oh, yeah. You, you tossed it out there yeah. to me. It's soft I, pitch. I it's it. all right. I appreciate, I appreciate the softballs, man. Yeah. So you said you started Barnwood Living. Was it, did you start? With the name, or did you just start with the idea to? I think I gave him the name. I think that, you know, the oh, conversation we that we had wow. back in the day, I was going to save this till the very end. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, real- being an expert television talent reality personality that I am, the first person <laughs> that, that Mark called when he was thinking about a television show or when you had a real offer was me, wasn't it? I smell the word commission coming. Yeah. 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 Why do I feel just, like he's digging on me piece. for commission? Just here. want a piece. It I, mean, like, real. I feel yeah. like that there's a percentage coming behind this question. You know, that's when you're drowning. You're just yeah. always reaching for something. <laughs> Actually, I did call you and uh, and Mike because one of the things I needed to know was, am I being treated fairly? That's exactly right. Um, yep. You know, what's the compensation package? Because it's not the amount of money that people think it is. And you make it one time. Yeah. And, and it may it. change and it's whatever, but it's, you, you don't know yeah. until you you're, if you're ever able to tell somebody who's been in it. Now, I'm, you know, there's different levels of that. And I told you what I knew and, and you thought, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the more you talk, the more I thought there's, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this just doesn't make sense. Well, you know, when I, when we started and we were on our first, thoughts about having a, a, a series, you know, I Googled, how do you make money on reality TV? <laughs> and truly it said, have something to sell. That was the, that was the key thing, you know, having a hat, a shirt or whatever it is that, you know, you can swag out there and, and now it's pickles and paint and two peas at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe some pickles and paint. That, that's, 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 start, that's, that's a good start. start. Yeah. If you get peanuts, popcorn, and some pepperoni, man, I think you're going to be yeah. right. yeah. round out the peas. Yeah. Yeah. Round out the peas and that's where the profit is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you didn't make that joke, yeah. I was going. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really, um, that's good advice, you know, and, and you guys gave me some really good advice uh, in, in getting started. And I think now that we're, you know, coming toward the end of, 
I mean, I'd like to say we're coming toward the end. There's no way we're at the halfway point 12 seasons in. So let's just assume we're on the backside of this thing. <laughs> never yeah. say never. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm 51. My back is like 72. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you want to walk across the finish line yeah. and not yeah. be drug or not wheels. Be drug yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. That was my that was one of my purposes in life during the days. Just, just don't mess up and suck and have to be rolled across the finish line. Yeah, Mike did appear in several wheelchairs in the in the later yeah. episodes. Uh, and being I pushed was, around by Tay. I was warned that that's what my future is going to look like. It's yeah. playing right out in front of me. <laughs> right. you Thankfully, know, you didn't fall off a roof or something. You got real close in the episode we'll talk about later. But. Plenty of opportunity. That's where. Yeah the safety comes in. We sh- I didn't know Mark had a safety background. I've got a master's degree in uh, safety and environmental management. Yeah. So I've got a business degree, um, which they did not teach fulcrum economics in there. You can't get it all. You can't get it all. Not in one spot. <laughs> and not at WVU anyway. No, not yeah. well. Now, wait, oh, oh, wait oh, easy. Watch out. You're, you're right. They, it's next level up there. You can't get that. You can't get that peon talk up there. You got to go next level up there. Well, uh, we've danced around this a little bit, but I think it's one of the biggest concentrations that I see on your show. And it really is one of my, you know, my true passions. And that's the history behind all these buildings. And the reason we're in this business beyond, you know, monetization is to save our nation's history, our people's history. Everywhere we drive around Southwest Virginia and West Virginia, you'll see clapboard houses along the side of the road, farmhouses. And you think, well, you know, that may be a hundred years old, but hiding behind those houses often is a 200, 250 year old log structure. And is that what really drove you into this business, the true business of it? Or is it, or is it the money? I don't think that you can get into a business and think about the money when it's got to do with working with your hands. It's like any other artist or craftsman. I don't, I don't think that you go into it with, you know, a business plan and an exit strategy. That's the stuff you find out after you've wasted 20 years of your life. <laughs> that's true, the true. stuff you find out and realize, man, I could have done a lot <laughs> more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's got an organic business plan as well. Yeah, that turns yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, so really it became for me about working, you know, with my hands and, and just trying to replicate what the pioneers did and, try to respect and appreciate these houses and make sure that we could save every single one that we can. And you can't save them all. No, we can't save them all. I mean, there are some folks that get angry because we won't come to Oregon or somewhere and save a cabin, but we just can't go everywhere. There's six of us. What's really interesting is as I got a little further along into it, we started realizing where people migrated from. You know, you go up into the Northeast and people refer to it as settlers. You come across the mountains here and then it becomes pioneers. And, and so there's a, there's kind of a big difference there. And I think that the techniques that came from the Dutch and the Germans and the Finnish and, and so many other people, we find something new in a new building component every time we take down a building. So I've done 500 buildings and no two have ever been the same and they all have their own unique history. So really it's about preservation and it's about art. And it's about recycling. It's well worth doing. It's amazing to watch you guys work on the show and it was amazing to watch what you put together before the show. It was, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that the one thing that, that I would like to do a little bit more of is I'd like to be able to finish these cabins off, but we can't, you know, so sure. if we have a buyer in South Carolina, we just can't go down there and leave home and work. That's why we have the boneyard and it's why we bring everything and do the re- restoration work. 
the one location. Well, speaking of Boneyard, we have a, a project over in our warehouse lot that uh, it, I think it needs your attention. <laughs> and uh, it definitely needs some attention. That's not mine. <laughs> Are you getting to why we even asked Mark to come here yeah. in the first yeah. place? Yeah. 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 Go look at this it's a thing. bait and switch. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, you're going to walk over there and just start laughing. It's, yeah. it's, you know, are you calling this a cabin? Yeah. Come over for this podcast and then we're going to take you and pick your brain on this timber frame that the character left that a long time ago, man. That's just wood. <laughs> yeah, right. That is firewood. So we're going to take a real quick break. Mark, thank you for being here. When we come back, I hope you'll brace us with a uh, DIY top tip. Oh, that'd be fun. All right. See you in a minute. See you in a minute. <laughs> See you in a minute. Yeah. See you in a minute. A minute is quicker than a minute, so I better get that tip right. <laughs> You know, guys, the word Leatherman comes to mind. It's very intimate with me. I wake up next to it. I go to bed with it. You know? And you think that's, that's, I mean, I would wear Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. I am, I am a proud wearer of the Leatherman wave. Now, there's a lot of different Leatherman. This is a utility tool. They're all good. They're all good multi tools. But Mm -hmm. the wave is perfect because it's got all the tools you need. I mean, it's like the MacGyver tool, I call it, right? So you can just, you can, you can rebuild a, oh, hey, you're over there rubbing your, what are you rubbing? I'm rubbing. (laughs) (laughs) He's rubbing his leather, everybody. (laughs) I'm not embarrassed. He's not embarrassed. You you shouldn't be. You know, the Leatherman is just an incredible tool. I I use it every day. My muscle memory is if I need something, my my hand goes to my waist immediately. I have seen. (laughs) You You should see him reach for it. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's nice when you get them worn in too. Yeah. You know, I can pull one out, look like a Filipino hooker, a long a poke. Leatherman, get one today. Yeah, <laughs> protect your assets. Get one today. What am I doing on the tip? I mean, good <laughs> that's question. good question. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can do anything. You can say, "Hey, plant your corn early this year," or okay. something. Uh, that's Jed, that was Jed Clamp. Uh, all right, everyone, and we're back with the Black Dog Salvage Podcast, and our guest today, Mark Bo. Mark, it's actually in our contract. We were hoping you brought with you a DIY top tip that we could. There's, broadcast to the people today. There, there's a contract? No, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> to the people. I just, I just came on your word, guys. What's, uh, what's I would run. Ambush what am I doing? I would run, Forrest. <laughs> well, no, in every episode, it's, uh, it's cool to pick the brains of people that have a lot of experience doing cool stuff. And we like to think what we do here at Black Dog is it's certainly fun. And a lot of yeah. people think it's cool. What you guys do, I think, involves a lot of skills that are very particular to that that trade, but in all of your, your ventures, did you stumble upon any tips that you I'm, just, I'm thinking that insurance is, is yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, always have an exit strategy. That's the tip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> always figure out a way out, whether you're cutting a tree down and, yeah, that's right. The or whether you're starting a business, you yeah. figure out how you're going to get out of the place. First. Safe yeah. Harbor is. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that we do that are so particular to old logs, but if, if I'm talking to, you know, a larger group of people, you know, there is a philosophy that we have on our, our wall that is work hard, be kind and take pride. And I think that that tip, if you work hard and you're a kind person and you take pride in what you do, it doesn't matter if you're sitting at a desk. It doesn't matter if you're out working with your hands. It's pretty simple. And I think those three things will make you successful no matter what you do. Well, it's done it for you. I mean, that's that's who you are. That's your motto. It is. It is. And and so, you know, I've learned to say I'm sorry and actually mean it. And I've learned that, you know, I'm willing to lose money to do the right thing because that's what pride is. 
and and you know kindness is uh, contagious. Oh, absolutely! A smile, a laugh, you, yeah. it it carries. It, I get that a lot when when people talk about it. it. Says you carried me through some, or us, but laughing through some hard times. You know, I was uh, recovering from surgery, or you know, I was quarantined with COVID, and you know, it's it, it carried you. And I get the same thing from your show and, and the way that you guys treat each other and treat people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that that again that that creed for us has been. And what I would say, our biggest tip and, and the, I guess the motto that we live by. So, I mean, I could tell you how to carry a ladder, but I don't have a ladder to demonstrate it. So it's radio. This is a podcast. It's a podcast. So here's how you carry a ladder. I'm carrying it right now. <laughs> okay. So that's how that's going. Yeah. Well, but, but, you know, but, but the reality of it is, I think that, you know, we hear a lot of things about people and they say that we, they like how we all get along. They like how that we work. And that, uh, we don't fight or whatever, but that we work so hard. And I think that when we boil it down to the basics of who we are and what we stand for, work hard, be kind and take pride in what you do. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you, honest, you honestly see it on uh, Barnwood Builders for sure. Thank you. Uh, and Salvage Dogs. I was and actually watching dogs. your TED talk from 2013 last night for fun. Do a little yeah. research. Oh, yeah. And one of the quotes he said in it was, give more hugs and make more pies. You were talking about the front porch. Yeah, and all yeah. That. I mean, the front porch, that's yeah. a part of um, our modern architecture that has disappeared. Yeah. You know, you'd walk up to a lot of subdivisions and you look at the houses and there's nowhere to go but in. You know, let's get a porch on there, you know, and that, let's get to know our neighbors. I love a porch. Yeah, yeah. you can holler. Yeah, you can holler. Yeah. Well, hey. some, holler. some solid words to live by, some great advice, some good tips. Mark, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for allowing me to be the philosopher. Ooh. Anytime, man. I got a fulcrum for you there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll pivot once again on this fulcrum. Uh, we'll take a break, Mark. Thank you so much for stopping by. And after the break, we'll share with you some inside stories of this week's episode of Salvage Dogs, the Drake's Branch Cabin, a.k.a. Mudfest. We'll see you in a bit. I wanted to talk about the tattoo that I have where <laughs> on my butt I've got an M on each cheek and every time I do a cartwheel it says wow mom <laughs> okay yeah that's okay. enough uh, your, right. your fans only or whatever they call yeah, it yeah, yeah. Only fans. Only fans. Is that, yeah. yeah. alright thank you there's uh, your exit strategy yeah he's a comedian oh hell yeah <laughs> You know, United Rental was a supporter of ours for, well, eight years, maybe even more, I guess. And one thing that I really enjoyed about these guys, I would make a call. I'd tell them where I was going, where it was kind of an obscure area. You know, I'd tell them I need two or three different pieces of equipment. And before we got there, that machinery was sitting on site. And we went to some pretty remote places that weren't easy to get to. And these guys delivered every time. And when I screwed up, Meaning like I misfired and say, I, I want to be on Thursday and not on Wednesday. They would bring it you back. You screwed up? I did. Yeah, I but did. United Rentals didn't screw up. No, That's no, right. no, no, no. They, they called cool. me on it many times, but they delivered with a smile. I'm telling you what, those guys are professional, good equipment, and we couldn't have done this job without them. It's, uh, I don't know how else to say it. I'm, I'm getting kind of misty. Yep. United Rentals is there for us. All right, welcome back. This is the Black Dog Salvage Podcast. Today we're talking about one of the episodes from the uh, illustrious 11 seasons of Salvage Dogs. Uh, this week it's Drake's Branch. 
in episode number 911. And that's that's a location. That's a town or a little, little township, right? That's what they named the episode. So yeah. that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, Southside Virginia, uh-huh. just uh, a little bit farther south of Farmville, Virginia. Yeah. You'll, you'll find that on the maps. That's where we stayed. And uh, I remember right off the bat with this thing is we were bringing the show hauler in and we got it stuck. Mm. And well, that's kind of yeah, precursor foreshadow. or foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, right, exactly. well, and we got up to the house when we all were rolling up for the, the scout and our camera guy, Gary, was stuck. It was a beautiful lawn and everything. And he's he's uh, axle deep. Yeah, and, we had, yeah. and we had to pull it out. So that was kind of, hey, figure it out, guys. This is coming. So backing up a little bit for everybody to understand, uh, this is in the southern portion of Virginia in the flatlands of South Side Virginia. And it's a rural woods community. And this was a farm, a farmhouse that a, a couple had bought and wanted to, uh, basically they needed it to go away so they could build their new dream house. And it was uh, set in an old farm in a field, beautiful, pristine. It had been raining for several, several days before our arrival. And this house was a, a log cabin hiding behind a clapboard house, kind of like I was talking with Mark about yeah. earlier, as well as uh, some other surprises that we found as we took it apart. But it just seemed like a perfect job. A lot of land to it work was around. We had enough room that we were going to be able to tear down the, the bad parts of the house and burn it in a pit. And it was set up pretty nicely. But, but you know, the, the history of this place, I mean, once you, you didn't really see it until you started taking it apart. And that, that house is it's sold now, right? Oh, yeah. It's being rebuilt in, uh, in a, another part of Virginia, as a right. matter of fact. Oh, but awesome. Too. You know, yeah. surprisingly, Mike brought me the pictures of the outside of this place. And it, it was a clapboard structure with a porch on the front. You could tell it had a hyphen or an addition on the left side and an addition on the right side. And the left side was... Uh, a little bit more modern, I think. Or very it modern, was very yeah. modern. And the right side seemed to be modern. But this was 1780s, 1790s in the center. This is a log structure. I wasn't the- having any fun at all. <laughs> I, I got I, y'all, were, y'all were doing all your, your discovery work. And I was over there with Ted taking apart the new part. And, it, you know, the new part of the house. Oh, right. I was yeah. trying to figure out where you were saying you had no fun. This was uh, he we talking about the types yeah. of structures and oh i'm just going on mike, mike had taken pictures of this thing and it was it was beautiful inside and now you're complaining about what part of the job you got I did, well it was it was the newest construction and it had to come off and i was tired of it you know yeah. you know just just it was it was on and on and on so i finally got a piece of equipment and had my way with that thing and it, it you know i didn't do too much damage yeah, this is uh we're not a demolition company we are uh, salvagers that's a, that's and deconstructors um but mike Got got the opportunity to get in the demo business, which is uh, you know when you when you're dealing with 1960s uh, construction, that's about the best thing you can do is get a piece of equipment and crunch it up. <laughs> well, it would have struck a match, but it was attached to the good stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> it ended up in the fire anyway. That's but, right. Well, speaking yeah. speaking of that particular demolition effort, I'm glad they left this in because I made a ten dollar bet that you were going to hit the shed behind you. It was supposed to stay. That, yeah, that yeah. hopefully is still there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. It is. I nudged it a little bit. Didn't knock it off its foundation. Well, that was the bet that he would touch you know, it's it. It's like NASCAR. <laughs> you know, it's just trading a little paint. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of nudge it over. I never yeah. did get my 10 bucks. So we're dealing say. with, we've got a, you know, we had a, a great relationship with United Rental throughout the filming of uh, Salvage Dogs and lots of great equipment. And and Mike and Tay love to operate it. And one one of the things you find out as a contractor myself is, is that equipment with wheels 
will tear up a yard in a heartbeat. And if it's a wet yard. The only thing that saved us is it had tracks on it. You know, and that thing was floating. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. Uh, you know, a skid steer. That, that yeah. was it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. again, I don't get behind the equipment. I'm usually on the end of it being hoisted into the air. So it was kind of uh, liberating yeah. for me. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's. So basically, this that beautiful, pristine yard that we were working on and playing a platform for all of us to uh, stage the job. I kind of, kind of laid it all out. And we're going to put this stuff here. We're going to burn this stuff here. It's it's going to be great. You had it organized, didn't you? Yeah. We were in mud boots. What and, happened? And the mud was up to just below the knee, God. just below the knee for as far as the eye and walk. And you you know, walk. I, I kind of enjoyed it. It was very therapeutic, you know. <laughs> well, you know, your knees will feel it later. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, and we got out of it. But, you know, we were, that that was a like a, a, a week evolutions because we went from that job to do another one and then came back to finish it. Is that right? That's behind the scenes stuff. Nobody knows that. Well, what we, did we do? Because I'm glad you remember. We, we went to uh, Yorktown. Is that where the boat, the lifeboat was? Yeah. yeah. And then we came back. That was know, another house. That's we, right. Yes. We left uh, Cameron and, uh, and Spike, Spike and, and Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we left Spike, who uh, is a is an architect. Right. And he was documenting all the parts to the house before we took it apart because we had basically skinned the chicken right. and gotten rid of all the junk. And so we had a log structure just right down to just the structure itself. And then we had a post and beam structure that had been an addition from the 1830s. And while they organized all the parts and got rid of all the junk and burned the trash, Spike was uh, basically numbering every piece so that we could when we did take it apart, we could put you know, it back they, together they did, someday. They didn't take enough of it apart while we were gone, is what I was kind of <laughs> alluding to. Well, you know, the, the cameras weren't with them, so uh, we told them that they couldn't do any work. That's what. The, oh, that's the way that I worked out. I didn't get that memo. You know, we left them behind. They got the lollygag and playing the mud while we were out in, you know, in the Chesapeake uh, <laughs> buying uh, lifeboats. That's right. It was a house that, that was coming down. It was a farm. One, yeah, and it was a, it, right in the middle of town pretty much. I yeah, mean, it, it was close on the water, and that thing was the doors were really short. I remember that. People were smaller back then, I think. Is <laughs> well, that's that's right. a Mike, that's a different episode, but I'm glad you well, brought it up. Well, I know it, it is, but yeah. it was connected to this. And that's why I wanted to share that with you, that, you know, once you, you really start seeing the reality of, of making a reality show, it's not all straightforward. You know, we're, we're doing things. Most of the time we get to stay there and finish, but this one we got to go somewhere else in the middle of it and then come back out and then really start to get the mud going. Yeah, well, one thing that never varies is that we pretty much do all the work. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my stunt double didn't show up, you know. <laughs> Getting back to it, we did leave for a little while. The guys documented the house, which is key. Yeah, that's Absolutely true. 100% key. If you're going to take apart a whole structure like this, it's not for the parts. It's for it to be rebuilt somewhere. And this is very, this ties in, and there's a reason we talked about this episode in this particular podcast, because that's exactly what Mark Bo and his crew does. I was going to say, you must have been watching Barnwood Builders. Yes, yeah. well, exactly. <laughs> you know, the documentation is important so that you can put it back together, but you still have to come take it apart. And so what okay. we were taking apart is a log cabin built by hand by pioneers. Yeah, this is 1700s. In the 1700s, somebody had struck out on the edge of Virginia territory and was building his homestead. And he did it by hand with an as and an axe and whatever his kids could help in the project. And they put together this log cabin with the wood that was standing on the on the land that he had homesteaded off. He had a cow. 
Well, he may have had a cow. I doubt he had a cow when he got out there. I bet he was going after some deer, though. You know, well, yeah. hey, we got to have some milk, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes a while to create a farm. And when you're staking one out, you're not going to get any crops or anything. You're out there foraging in the woods. So so we were taking apart something that was built in the 1780s. And you can see that hand, that man's thought process. The mark of man. Sweat and everything else that he put into building this cabin for his family. And we took it apart in the opposite direction that he put it together. And that was, that's really cool. So you, you take this whole thing apart, you've, you've got it documented, you get it on a truck, you get it back to Roanoke, you put it in your yard, and then you have to market it. Another great thing about old architecture and old houses is you see how the thing grows. It was a log cabin. They lived in it for 40 or 50 years, scratching out a living, and it was going okay, or the family got bigger, or they sold it to another family and they needed more room. So in the 1830s, as construction methodology had uh, had progressed, they built a kind of a little post, a poor man's post and beam timber frame structure on the side, and they called that an addition. And it was beautiful with the wood paneling and all that cool stuff. How'd you know it was a poor man? I mean, I mean, well, because you know we've we've had a couple uh, really nice timber frames that we've worked on. Do you yeah. remember the one in New Jersey? Yeah, the construction methodology and the joints and the way ah, it was put okay. together. It was somebody who was an expert. So that's forensic. Somebody, Somebody hired somebody to build that frame in New Jersey. The owner of that or his neighbors and him put that together so, and they were farmers and they were not builders. A poor yeah. man builds his own home. That's, that's exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. right. So, or someone I, with entirely I, too much free time. I must, yeah. be, I must be rich because I've never yeah. built a home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember, you do remember the, the two chimneys that were on it and, and they had the writing on it with the, uh, yes. the, 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 the dates. Yeah. Really cool. We stuff. pushed it over into a pile. Well, yeah, but because we saved. They, we they were saving the stone, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way to get it done. And they, I think you pulled the one with the marks out. We did first. We yeah. did, and we saved that for the owner. And they're you know they're going to take a lot of materials that were saved out of that, and the owners were going to incorporate that in their new house. But the house that they took apart is going to live again. You know, we need to go back and see what they did with the with the property. Anyway, Dave's Ranch was a, a lot of fun. Uh, the mud and all, and and the 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 break in the middle to go do some more salvage. It was memorable, and the, the the memories keep living just because that house is now being reconstructed in in its original configuration. Yeah, I call that success. Yeah, we have to mention briefly also that you almost fell off the roof on this one. Oh, well, let's let's think. You uh, almost uh, fell off the roof. Is on it this is one. it time for uh, uh, rate the bloodletting? What well, do we the, call we gotta it? Give this one a a, a bleeder on the bleed rank it on the bleeder well, scale. It's one to ten, and, and it's a and if, what's the bleeder the bleeder rate? I don't know that you physically bled. Well, no, but, no, no. As we discussed on yeah. previously, that it doesn't actually have to be human blood that is spilt. It's it's <laughs> it's in Mike's, the name of salvage. Yeah, it's Mike's dignity that uh, really gets. Uh, I mean, there you know, could be internal bleeding. <laughs> we don't know. No, yeah, no, yeah. never did that. So this I'm going to give because I know where what happened. I was tied in, but I didn't dangle. Which was always a good thing, you know. You don't want to yeah. have to test your parachute when you're you're falling. So sure. it was a it was a five. Okay, I did catch myself. Could have easily and been it a made 10. For, it made for a good break. Uh, yeah, it could have been turned up to an eleven. Is what I'm thinking. Oh, it sure. Yeah. It could have been a much bigger number than that because uh, flight for life would probably have had to come in for me. But I'm still standing. I'm still walking. So we made it through. My notes said, "Dad fell. Grayson saved him." <laughs> she did. <laughs> Grayson did save me more. She and did. many, many, many times. Grayson saved us. Yeah, well, and I miss her so. We're glad you made it out of that one. We're going to go to break real quick and be right back.
Let's take a minute to talk about big text trailers, okay. people. You know, Black Dog Salvage, supported by big text trailers, years and years. Many loads, many loads many come back. Loads. Many a load of <laughs> that salvage. Sounds, that sounds like a song. Yeah, but not only Black Dog Salvage, but my construction company, Blue Ridge Residential, also supported by big text trailers. And if I need to borrow a trailer, I borrow your big text trailer. And by the way, if you need to borrow a piece of equipment, where, how are you going to get it there? You're going to put it on a big text trailer, right? Yeah, otherwise, I'd be uncomfortable. And the 26-foot flatbed we have is, I mean, it's it's, a, it's called a, a deck that, over. Mm, yeah. And it doesn't have the beaver tail, so we, we have all that space. Specifically for a large loads coming in from a long way and away. And we've overloaded them. I mean, so, you know, again, that's not officially, don't read, read your manual and be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that coming from me. Yeah. But it's real important. You know, you're yeah. responsible for your load and you got to have a quality trailer underneath. And we've, we've put it through the paces and it's continued to give yeah. it up for us. Perfect for the salvage business. Perfect for the construction business. Big Tech's trailers are the way to go. Perfect. And welcome back to the Black Dog Salvage Podcast. And we, we got to extend a huge thanks to Mark Bo. He's he's since gone back with his family. He came to see us on vacation. Isn't that great of him? You know, what a what a nice guy because, you know, he's a neighbor. We're going to go uh, invite ourselves to his the parties at his house. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Never tell somebody that you got a house at the lake. <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't tell anyone that's got a house. <laughs> Always have a boat and don't need a dock. Everybody else has one. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can find out more about all the stories you've heard today and others at uh, blackdogsalvage.com. Hey, and listen, you can also sign up for our newsletter. You can hear what's going on or the guests in this show. And folks, we would very much appreciate if you like what you heard, please share, like, and rate our show wherever you get your podcast. As those shares and likes really make a difference. They do. I hear that. I don't know what that's all about. But it's what they give say. Us, it give makes us some. a difference. Yeah. And we're counting on you. Maybe, that, maybe that's what I'm missing in I, life. I think some more likes and thumbs ups. Your comment likes. could be anything. You could tell us what you had for breakfast. Just leave a comment. It goes a long way. Yeah. Remember, we're a family show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Seriously. Thank you. Appreciate we'll, it. We'll see you next time. Absolutely. Great. Right.